Is this the reading room? Yes, I'm Saad Manzul. And I'm Travis Howard. This is Reading Room Talk. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome. Thanks for coming back, yo. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We're about to be on the other side of radiology today. Uh-huh. We're talking to Elena Benjamin, General Radiology Modality Manager here at Kaiser, where we work. Thank you so much for making the time. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good, 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 good. We really well, appreciate this. Thank you, thank you. We're, we're here to learn today. Yes. <laughs> so tell us, take us back to x-ray school. What would you say was your toughest class in x-ray school? Honestly, I don't remember a, so much a toughest class. Probably would have been the physics portion of it. Mm, yeah. That's intimidating to a lot of people. <laughs> going into radiology, I'm telling you, it's a hurdle. No matter yeah. what yeah. you do. It scares, it scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of people. So, <laughs> what, Do you remember anything specifically about the class? Or was it just kind of like a lot of equations and numbers you weren't interested in? I think it's more so the equations, numbers, and then just trying to really understand the, the algorithms and why things work the way they work. Because, you know, the positioning and that type of thing looks like, okay, you can kind of get that. And understanding the whys and so forth behind it is um, a little challenging or can be a, a bit challenging if you don't really understand the whys and, and why why is why does it make it dark or why does it make it light or mm-hmm. that yeah. That makes sense. I was gonna say I feel like, you know, maybe at that time like, you know, you didn't have like digital x rays, so you would basically like kind of just wait and see like how your image turned out or how did how was that situation? Well, yeah, that too. And um, not only waiting until, well, we had to really wait then because, you know, back back during that time, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't have an instantaneous picture, you know, uh-huh. you wait, you know, position it. Once you position it, then you send it to the dark room and then the dark room will send it through the processor. And then you uh-huh. hope that the film came through the fixer and developer fine and came out of the machine like you wanted it to come out, not well, how, how long? How, what's this time interval? Like, what are you talking? Yeah. Like, how yeah. many minutes are we talking over here? What was that? How many minutes are you talking in between, like you taking the picture and when you get to actually see the picture? Oh, uh, well, it depends upon how quick the person in the dark room is running the film. But for the most part, if you, you know, once you take the picture and you send it to the dark room and have them send it through the process, I mean, you're really only talking about maybe. I don't know, two, three, four, five minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. And how many pictures you actually took and so forth. Oh, I see, I see. But the act ah. sending it through the processor, the processor itself was probably about two to three minutes. I see. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, the time it takes now to get an image and I mean, you know, your turnaround time <laughs> to get to read the image, interpret the image is it's it can crazy. be like a couple of minutes, exactly. Yeah. You could have like a report in the system in a couple of minutes, basically. Now, so yeah. ah, it's very different. So, anyway, so tell us. So, where are you from, D? Tell us about where you're from. Well, I am a military brat. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the in the Air Force. Oh, shout out! Very cool. <laughs> so I did not um, spend very much time anywhere. All of my elementary, junior high, and high school, I never went to the same school over two years. Oh wow. oh, wow. That's the we, uh, we, we kind of positioned a whole lot of different places. And sometimes it was even though I might have been living in the same house, but because of 
um, zoning and that type of thing. You know, you went to different schools and so forth. We went over to Germany. Um, three years over in Germany because he was TDY over there in Wiesbaden. Wow. So, and <laughs> okay. Here, <laughs> came back here and he was stationed at Andrews and mm -hmm. went to one, two, two schools here. And then last year I ended up in back in Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay. Okay. How would you say all that moving around shaped you? Yeah. How? Um, yeah. Probably it, it prepared me for what I'm doing at, right now as we speak, moving all <laughs> place in kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, you're everywhere. Yeah, and, exactly. At all times. I exactly. love it. <laughs> so I didn't spend more than two years um, in the same school until after I graduated from radiology school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, of course, we're talking to you, but like, did your dad or your family kind of give you any stories about, you know, being in the Air Force at that time? Um, no, my dad was pretty quiet. He's a pretty laid back person. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, he didn't really say a whole lot as far as like what went on in the military other than, I mean, the way he um, ran us in the house type thing um, was... Um, you know, pretty much like military. Know, he was just pretty much laid. <laughs> Didn't really say a whole lot. He just look at you and suck his teeth, you know, and you knew that quiet, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I know that look. So how did you get interested in X ray school? Well, like, you know, you talk to people today or you know, and they may or may not know anything about it. And know usually don't place. know anything about it. Yeah. How did you get introduced? I got introduced when I was in ninth grade. Um, we had career day. Mm -hmm. And a person, I cannot tell you if it was male, female, or anything, um, but a person came and talked about x-ray. And I, whatever they said, I decided this is what I'm going to do. Oh, wow. What school is this? <laughs> This was this was probably back in let me see what let me see we came back in sixty nine so it was probably seventy probably around nineteen seventy I guess okay and um, here in Maryland I was in Maryland at that particular time okay they came and talked about radiology and I guess whoever else talked about their careers or whatever but I just decided okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do X ray mm -hmm. and I just kept that throughout um, high school. And then when it came time to graduate, when I got into 12th grade, a girlfriend of mine's and I decided we were going to go to school together. And I decided that I was going to go to whatever school she went to. <laughs> she decided that she wanted to go to Gettysburg College. I said, OK, fine, I'm going to go to Gettysburg College, too. Well, I found out that Gettysburg College didn't have radiology. So, well, it was x-ray back then. Mm -hmm. um, didn't have x-ray. So... Um, I said, okay, so the closest thing to x-ray would be biology. I'm going to, I'm going to major in biology. Mm. Biology kicked my behind. Oh. So <laughs> I decided after two years at Gettysburg, this was not the school for me. Plus, it was a big difference from high school to Gettysburg. High school, the teachers kind of pride you. You know, you have to study, you have to do your quizzes and your 
homework and you um, you have tests and that type of thing. Gettysburg was nowhere near like that. You mm -hmm. had a midterm, you had a final, and you may have had a uh, final paper. That was it. They didn't care whether you came to class or not. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a transition for sure. I do the best at Gettysburg. So yeah. I Instead of me um, doing this, let me go and do what I said that I was going to do. So I came back to Maryland, to D.C. and to Maryland, or D.C., Maryland. I stayed with my aunt in Maryland, and I decided to go to Prince George's Community College, which had um, x-ray there. And mm -hmm. that's how I started with, uh, how I physically got started with x-ray. I see. I see. Now, did you, um, yeah. did you know anyone that was going to x-ray school at the time, or you just kind of just threw nope. yourself in there and got to know people? Just threw myself in there and got to know people. I just decided to follow my dream that I wanted to do x-ray. And that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to those career days. You know, Saad and I, you know, we, we've done one. We're going to do many. Um, mm -hmm. That's the plan. But those career days, and it's, you were in ninth grade at the time? Ninth grade, yep. So exposure, we always talk about exposure. Exposure, exposure. exposure. If you don't see it, you don't know it exists. How can you? How can you pursue it? So, um, yeah, that's you made your mind up, and you and you did it. That's wonderful. That's really nice. Now, um, so you said that uh, physics was tough. Now, what else do you remember from X-ray school? Or like, do you remember the classes, the people, or the rotations you did, the hospitals that you worked at? Do you remember any I, of that? I only went to one hospital. Um, that we the class um, have had or had several or still do because they still do it. Um, they had several hospitals that you could rotate throughout. Mm -hmm. um, North Arundel was one, but it was kind of hard to get to the North Arundel because they only select. I think there were around like twenty some people in my class, and North Arundel only allowed three two to three students. And so um, I would not get, I didn't get a chance to go to North Arundel. Mm -hmm. um, Prince George's Hospital was the one that I was at and I stayed there the whole time. And then the other one was uh, VA. And I didn't want to go to VA because I had heard different stories about VA and how their technologists, um, Mm -hmm. But they weren't they they weren't strict, and I wanted somebody to be strict because I wanted to be the best that I could be. So mm -hmm. I just told my instructor, "I'm not going to go to VA. I can't go to North Arundel. So I'm going to stay here at Prince George's, and that's what I did. I stayed at Prince George's the entire um, two years. We mm -hmm. after X-ray school, we had to do a six month practicum, and I did okay. my month's practicum." at um, Prince George's Hospital. And during my practicum, the chief tech that was there said, we want to hire you. I said, well, I want to be hired. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I, had, I, had, I had planned to um, graduate from high school. I'm not high school, graduate from college, from x-ray school. What did I want to do? I wanted to get a job and then get married. And I did. <laughs> Just the I, I, I got married, I graduated from school, and then I got a job. You know? That's awesome. That's 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 amazing that you're able to do that. That's uh, so good. I mean, it, it also like it kind of you know the fact that you kind of rotated at the hospital there, and they saw how you worked, and you know it was like an easy decision for them when you came and did your practicum. They were like, yeah, definitely come on up. 
come on over. So mm-hmm. yeah, you said something I want to hone in on, and that was you wanted to be the best that you could be. You had an opportunity to go somewhere and maybe do something, you know, work at a hospital or be in a program that wasn't as rigorous, um, that didn't maybe, that didn't maybe, um, it wasn't as strict as you said. Tell me why you chose, why you made that decision. You know, what, what, what sort of things led you to do that? Because I am, or at least I feel as though, I am a go-getter. I like to, um, I just like to be the best, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to learn bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I just believe in doing the best that you can. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, just do the best at it. If yeah. that's what your love is, do the best at it. It may not always be the easiest route, but no, you easily could have just went over to the VA and like just had a good time, I guess. But that's awesome. But like you kind of had like a more long term vision, which is important to know if you like learn these skills, you learn them properly, like it's going to make you hireable everywhere, you know. So Mm -hmm. and that translates to like whatever job you get. So so tell us, how long were you at uh, PG for? I was at PG for 14, 14 years. Um, and in my 14 years, I uh, went to almost every area. Well, no, no, every area in regular radiology. I did mammo. I did ultrasound. Um, well, I thought I thought ultrasound was like a different school. No, that- at that particular time, at that particular time, ultrasound, which actually even now really is or can be OJT. And, <laughs> and what does you know, OJT mean? <laughs> On the job training. No, I see. We're learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, after learning MAMO, and MAMO was the same way at the time, because at the time when I was doing it, you didn't have to be registered and so forth. You didn't have to be registered even with ultrasound. However, with MAMO, um, well, I, I did MAMO. I like MAMO. Back then, we were doing MAMO. Oh, my gosh. Those were the olden days. Um, we did Xerox memo. Talk what? About what does that mean? The blue, the blue, <laughs> where when you position it, it's actually blue. It's like blue powder images. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, long, long before the, the x-ray, that type of x-ray. So okay. it, we did that. And then... Um, and then I, uh, from there, I went into ultrasound. I was registered in ultrasound. Talking about difficult time, difficult time for me was um, learning ultrasound. I was uh, just had a set of twins and studying for the registry at the same time. So um, that was that's a lot. Huh? That's a lot. That's a yeah, lot. That was a lot. That was. And then I uh, passed the registry and ultrasound, and I just I, matter of fact, I just let my ultrasound registry go. Oh, you just <laughs> you held it the whole time. That's amazing. <laughs> it's 1981. Yep. Mm. Wow. Um, wow. But so. I did that um, at, at Prince George's Hospital. I left Prince George's Hospital, and I did ultrasound as a full time job down in Virginia, in Northern Virginia. Um, and then wow. from there I left. Let me see. I left there as a uh, primary X-ray tech, ultrasonographer, and X-ray tech there, um, and left there and went to 
where did I go from there? From there, I went to Southern Maryland Hospital as a chief. Oh, um, wow. Okay. And I stayed at Southern Maryland Hospital for, oh my gosh, I guess that was about 14 years at Southern Maryland Hospital as well. Went down data processing for a little bit down at Southern Maryland Hospital. Okay. Then there came to Kaiser, and I've been at Kaiser since 2005. Started out at Kaiser as a QC lead at mm -hmm. West End and mm -hmm. left West End to Capitol Hill and started into bone density at that point at Capitol Hill. And mm -hmm. then from there, that's when I got into the modality manager position in 2012. Wow. Wow. And You've you, done it all. Yeah. It, it's obvious that you love what you do. What What do you love most about being a technologist in radiology? Just uh, being able to help people, um, especially um, when you're talking to people, people pouring out sometimes how they feel what's on their mind, especially when they're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a positive attitude to, you know, to actually stand there and listen to them or as you're positioning them or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you're listening to them. Um, sometimes people just want to be heard. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, um, and, and that's very satisfying, especially when they come in. Some of them, by the time you finish talking to them, they end up crying or they end up you put a smile on their face when they came in and they might've been grumpy or whatever. Not that every patient is like that, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. have those few, you know, those that do come in and um, they, and they walk out and you feel like, you feel like you, you've really helped encourage somebody. Yeah. I'd have to second that, you know, we often bear this reputation that we don't connect with people. We just look at images and, you know, the, we don't have that interaction, that connection with folks. But on many occasions in radiology, whether you're in mammography, talk about a very stressful experience for women in mammography. Yes. And whether you're the, and you're the first place, you're the first person they see often, you know, before they see a radiologist. And, and so it takes, I think, a certain skill set, a certain tenderness, a, a certain willingness to connect with folks and ease their anxiety that, you know, I, that can't, that we can't dismiss that. And so I, I think that's great that you have that passion, that you do it on a day to day and you're willing to connect with those folks. Um, yeah, that's awesome. great. That's awesome. And I think like you're kind of hinting at this, uh, this concept of job molding, which is, um, you know, basically your job, you, you basically find the things that you like about the job and just kind of focus on those things, you know, because mm -hmm. like, you know, like in radiology it can be kind of monotonous. So like if you're not, you know, finding a way to connect with patients or finding a way to, um, you know, just talk to people and kind of understand that like what your role is in healthcare and like how you're making them feel better, making them, you know, just having someone to talk to, that's that's important because then that makes you feel like you're part of a team. You're actually make, making a difference in someone's life. So, right, right, right. Oh, and not awesome. patients, but also even with your coworkers as well, too. More, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Because I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the techs are the coolest people in the hospital, in my opinion. I mean, everyone that I like, all the techs I meet are like awesome. So I think yeah. you guys always have like lives outside of medicine, which are very, very interesting as well. 
So mm-hmm. I think it kind of gives us a lot of perspective on like, you know, just life in general. So like you're studying for like ultrasound registry and like you have twins at home. <laughs> like That's just what you guys do. So yeah. it's awesome. Um, so what would you, uh, I guess like, what, like, would, would you have any regrets, I guess, throughout like, you know, from like when you first heard about radiology technology as like a ninth grader till now, like, do you feel like you've kind of done the gambit of everything or do you feel like you have any regrets or things that you would like to do with your career? Um, no, I, uh, if I had it to do all over again, I would still do it again. I would still go back into radiology, even, even amongst the barium enemas and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that should be there should be an episode on dirty jobs. We should yeah. that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, and 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 I I can remember. Um, I guess it was probably. I guess I had been in radiology probably. Mm, it was early in the career, so I'm going to say maybe about three, four, about four years or so. Mm-hmm. Had a patient um, doing a bare minimum on a patient, and she told me. Before we even got started, she told me that she was not going to hold that barium. <laughs> yes. And it's like, come on now. You know, cause <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we, we uh, this, you know, the tip is going to, you know, I'm going to put the tip in now and the balloon and it's going to help you to hold it in, but I need you to hold it in as well. I'm not going to do it. And she did not hold it in. Terrible. Stop pushing. Oh, <laughs> exactly. oh man. Exactly. And then you and, and this was a young person too. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I'm I'm gonna say she probably was about 30s, 40s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Have those patients that come in that are like 70s and 80s that do better. Yeah. Than 30s and 40 year olds do you know yeah but yeah i can remember oh my gosh <laughs> she was she was she she just said she wasn't going to do it period and was not going to do it <laughs> but but even amongst even amongst those patients even amongst those patients um mm-hmm. and then of course you know you have the ones that come in and they're disgruntled and what have you but by the time they um, end or leave or whatever, they have a much better attitude and so forth because they realize that we're really there to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciative. Yeah. Dee, how would you say the the landscape of radiology has changed over your career from, you know, the physicians to your co-workers to the technology? I know that's a lot to cover, but, you know, what can you speak to what you've seen change, the biggest changes, I guess, you've seen over the years? Well, more so the technology um, definitely has changed because um, going from, um, as we call it, the wet read that was physically a wet red film mm-hmm. when out of the process or comes out of the the, the, uh, wa- the water wash and so forth, and the radiologist throws it up as, as it's still drying and getting a wet read. So, uh, yes, <laughs> that definitely changed, definitely changed. And then uh, just over time, you know, um, I think as far as co-workers and so forth, well, going back to technology, mm-hmm. that the instantaneous um, imaging now that you see, you don't have to think about technique for the most part now. 
because it's all designed within the machine as opposed to when I was coming through, you had to physically think about, okay, 75 KV mm-hmm. and then using 300 MA at one fourth math, it's like, yeah, um, yeah, and so forth. So then you got to think about, okay, I, I need 75 mass or I need 50 mass or I need whatever, you know, you got to think about those kinds of things, pushing three or four buttons at a time, you know, to get what it is that you need. So technique definitely has changed. Positioning has definitely changed as well too, because it's much, much, much more, um, more added you know you got the orthopedic doctors now that basically tell us what it is that they want us to do this new position and so forth as when i first started radiologists were basically telling us we kind of work for the radiologists you know telling us what images they needed to see and how they needed to see it and so forth and um you all (laughs) you all have somewhat of say in what happens now, but not nearly as much say as what you used to have. You right, know? right. Um, so th- a lot of that has changed um, as far as the position, the um, collaboration and so forth with the technologists, I think is more of a collaborative situation now as opposed to before radiologists were up here and we were down there. Yes, I know. But, you, know, you, can actually, <laughs> you can actually walk in the room and say, hey, how you doing, you know, type of thing. As beforehand, it was like, oh, no, mm-mm. you just go in, you say what you had to say, and you walk out, and that was the end of the story. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. So this is a great transition <laughs> to my question. So I want you to tell us, like, the worst interaction you had with a radiologist. I don't, mm. It's a lot. I'm just trying to think. I don't know that I've had a really bad interaction with the radiologist, because um, I I get along with I get along with most people. Um, the, uh, not so much directed to me, but as I was um, <laughs> in one of my chief tech chief tech. It's just funny to me. Radiologists would, um, and and being a chief tech, you had to do um, Lightroom coordinator type thing. You monitor the films and you tell the technologists that you need to go back and you need to repeat this or whatever. Well, Mm -hmm. technologists decided to, um, sometimes they would bypass me and just go in and talk to the radiologists and try to smooth it over to the radiologists to make sure that they didn't have to read it. They didn't have to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Because back in those days, the radiologists would just kind of turn their chair towards that hot light and look at that film. And then they decide, OK, I can pretty much see what I need to see. So you don't need to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, <laughs> they went into the ra- the chief radiologist at that and took a film in and um, they thought they were going to get it passed. The radiologist comes out and he throws the film up on the light board and he says, what the? is this <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I didn't tell him to go in there to talk to you <laughs> but I mean just uh, like that you know where the technologist will try to bypass you or whatever and go in and talk to the radiologist but, uh, I don't know that there was any radiologist that I really had any I don't think there was any radiologist I ever had any 
tough goings with. We had one geologist that um, he would bark at you, but as long as I found out, as long as you bark back at him, you were the best of friends. As long as you let him bark, <laughs> he just kept barking at you. Yeah, that goes for them bullies. That's a life lesson. <laughs> I, tell, I tell my kids all the time, bark back. Yeah. <laughs> um, that radiologist used to give people the blues. But oh, so I found out that uh, yeah, all you had to do was bark back at them. And that was the end of the story. We were the best of friends. <laughs> That's really yeah. good. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't bark at me too much. I'd see him bark at other people. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So real quick. So can you kind of give us like a, just like a, a breakdown, I guess, like when you're at uh, PG um, for the uh, x-ray school, like, can you kind of give us like a idea, like what the demographics were, like, were there like a lot of black people, a lot of white people, a lot of other minority people in your class? Or was it um, more homogenous, you would say? I think we probably had more, and, and it's Prince George's County, but I think the majority of my class, yes, the majority of my class, and female, um, just oh, a, and just a few, um, just a few males, not that many males. So I'm going to say out of the twenty, I think it was about twenty, twenty one, twenty five of us, something like that. I think mm -hmm. we probably had. Uh, it'd be three, three males and probably five, probably around five black people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, did, did you feel that like in the class or was it, or did you kind of like not see, you just kind of like had your blinders on and just made it through? I had blinders on because I, I knew what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and how I wanted to do it. Um, and I just got along with, um, I got along with my classmates. Yeah. So, and do you feel like that had something to do with you kind of traveling and living in so many different places growing up? I don't know. Um, no, probably not. The only time that I saw color for the most part was <laughs> when my parents were in, we were in Germany, my mom and my mom was Eastern Star. My dad was Forrester. Mm. And I wanted to be, quote unquote, a rainbow girl, which is what they're, I guess, what the kids mm. are called. And um, I remember that was sixth grade. And I remember this white girl telling me that I couldn't be a rainbow girl. I couldn't be a part of their organization because I was black. Mm. And that that kind of hurt a bit because I really thought I wanted to, I wanted to do that because I was looking at my mom being an Eastern star, my mm -hmm. dad being a Mason. I'm sorry. Well, he was forced to when we got here, but he was Mason over there. Um, I wanted to wow. I wanted to do that because I remember them going out, you know, with the, my mom with the tiara on her head and my dad getting dressed up in a suit and all that. And I just thought that that was so neat, mm -hmm. but I was yeah. at, no, and then after we came back from Germany, um, here we were basically around. I was around black, black people most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but once I got to college, and of course, you know, when I went to Gettysburg, it was mostly white people up there. Yeah, 
There was a paper that came out in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2022 that talked about the difference in x-ray exposure, radiation exposure to African-Americans over the years, like 1968 and maybe even the early 70s. And, and x-ray technologists were taught to increase the exposure, or increase the radiation for some, you know, harebrained that because of darker skin or thicker bones or whatever racist concepts that black folks needed more radiation in order to, to produce a better x-ray image. Do you, have you, did you ever come across that or did you, were you ever? That's ridiculous. No. That? Yeah, no, um, I've heard that before. Yeah, wow. it, um, I remember that paper came out. I heard and, black people have stronger bones, but not yeah. that you have to expose them more, no. Yeah. yeah. If you check it out sometime, I remember when it came out and I thought this is insane, but also believable. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I mean, you know, that's it's, it's good. They made a paper about it. It needs to be yes. talked about if it's happened, you know, definitely. Sure. So, but we'll get you out of here on this last one. So what would you tell someone who's like in ninth grade, you know, basically trying to decide what to do with their lives? And like, how would you convince them to like, you know, consider x-ray school? If I were, you know, <laughs> talking about that, I didn't even talk to my kids about doing x-ray, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I guess because I wanted them to find their own. Mm -hmm. You know how you, you hear about parents wanting their kids to be the doctor, the lawyer, the, the whoever, whatever mm -hmm. they thought that they wanted to be. Um, they wanted their kids to be or whatever their passion was. They kind of forced their kids to do it and the kids didn't want to do it. So I didn't I didn't talk to my kids about it at all. But if I were to go to a career day mm -hmm. um, and to um, try to convince someone to do um, radiology, um, I would probably just tell them it's a rewarding career. Um, but you do have to be people oriented. Uh, because people are sick, not feeling well, and you have to be compassionate, show empathy and in, in that and understanding that a lot of times when people are not feeling well, it's not that they're taking it out on you. It's just that they're unhappy with the place that they're in right now. But radiology is very rewarding. You do have so many different avenues that you can go in. I went into MAMO, into ultrasound and also into bone density. Um, so you got different avenues. And then even outside of the general radiology um, part of it, you can also do CT or MR or um, interventional radiology or um, nuclear medicine. I did dabble into nuclear medicine just for a little, little teeny, teeny bit, but I didn't dabble too much there. Um, but you got, you have so many different, um, things. And of course, of course the pay is very good for radio go. too. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, what it is that you want to do with life, but it's, it's de definitely very rewarding in in many, many, many different ways. So I would encourage them to go into radiology if they felt as though they really wanted to help people. Not so much because of the money, of course, the money, but not so much 
because of the money, but if you are, if you have a heart for people and you want to help people, radiology or any medicine would definitely be the way to go. I like that. Awesome. What, 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 um, what was the most difficult thing you, you face on your journey and how did you overcome it? Well, as I said, when I was studying for my ultrasound boards, that was the, the most difficult because I just had a set of twins in February and I took the boards in October. Mm-hmm. So um, not only <laughs> learning how to actually do ultrasound because after coming back, um, after having twins, getting into ultrasound, getting more into, because I just started in the ultrasound. I just started my ultrasound career right before I had the twins um, or actually right before I got pregnant with the twins. Um, but coming back after, let me see, I had them in February and I came back to work in May. So from May to October was very, very tough trying to manage a set of twins, studying for the boards and learning ultrasound at the same time. So that's probably the most difficult. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh, wow. But you did it. I yeah, mean, you're juggling a lot there. Yeah, you're juggling a lot. But like you said, you know, if you didn't do something, you're going to try to be your best. So that's right. That is awesome. And, and needless to say, I also had a two year old at the house as well, too. Oh, just by the way. Uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dee, for doing this with us. We really, really appreciate it. We've learned yes, a man. lot. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, but thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, till next time, stay low and keep firing. Keep firing. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. One of the radiologists, when he he was um, what do you call it? The the, the one that would read the wet wet reads anytime we took images from the emergency room, we would shove the. The, the things underneath the bathroom door to him and then he'd send it back <laughs> he would read it and send it back out the bathroom door to us. <laughs> oh wow he was that busy <laughs> <laughs>